What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another Brooklyn.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest is Russell Jeffrey Banks. Good morning, Russell. Good morning. Morning. Thank you for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. You've, uh, you've made a rather twisted but enjoyable uh, film. Thank you. Appreciate so, that. So do you want to tell people what that film is and, and briefly what it's about? Um, yeah, so the film is Who's Watching Oliver? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a horror film that uh, circles around my character, Oliver, who is a serial killer. Um, it's based in Southeast Asia, and uh, my mum is making me do very bad things. She is yeah. indeed. She is indeed. I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, yeah. Now you 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 are Oliver and you co you co wrote it uh, yeah. the screenplay. Yeah. So so uh, as we were just saying off air, uh, let's mm-hmm. let's bring that into the uh, into the arena. So when you're writing the screenplay, uh, was was the t- the intention from the get go that you would be Oliver, or was that a decision that came as part of the development of the screenplay? Um, no, uh, right right from the start. So how it how it happened was um, Richie Moore, the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, he's a long-term friend. Um, okay. I first met him before I ever started doing acting. Years ago, I, I started off doing uh, stand-in jobs, just uh, setting up people's lights. So I did that on uh, Hangover 2, Street Fighter 2, a few other films. And that's mm-hmm. where I knew Richie. He was a cameraman before he was a director. Got you. And uh, he was always kind to me on set. Um and then, yet come years later, I went to Richie to suggest making a serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two of us spoke about it. And then I've, I've also worked with uh, Raymond Huber, who was a uh, executive producer on this film. Mm. I did a film, Cam to Cam, playing another serial killer. Yeah. Um, so we brought him on board. And then the three of us sat down and wrote it. But originally, we never envisioned like especially myself i never envisioned the oliver character to be how he was um and the story for me i was going for much more uh you know like henry portrait of a serial killer type of Hmm. of film that that's how i first envisioned it so all right so so if there's three of you sort of inputting on a screenplay now i I write screenplay Mm. i write screenplays and i've 
and I've um, I've co-written and I've written on my own, but I've not done I've not done a three-hander. Um, yeah. So how does how does three people how do three people write a screenplay? How did that work? Um, at first, I mean, beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I can understand. And then, uh, yeah, for, for, we to be honest, we all took charge more of certain parts of the film. Got you. Uh, for instance, the mama department that was more Ray Raymond Huber. Mm. Um, Sarah's uh, backstory that was uh, and more about Sarah was Richie. Uh, a lot of the dream stuff was me. So uh, yeah, we all learned. and then again, like I say, originally my my idea for the script, which uh, was more more of a Jaws type of thing, where with backpackers and this calculated killer. And then, uh, yeah, then that was Raymond who first came up with um, almost uh, to to have somebody who was uh, had mental health issues, and mm. uh, and uh, obviously you've seen the film, so you you can gather that Oliver's been abused his whole life, and mm. uh, that's taken a toll. And so then that that started to develop the Oliver character much more once uh, once those that came into the picture. Mm. So, so in terms of like, I'm interested in sort of because, like you say, you, you may have intended to write a traditional serial killer story. Yeah. But, but I think it's safe to say, who's watching Oliver is far from traditional. In yeah. Terms, in terms of, so Completely. what was so what was the kernel of the idea that sort of started taking it away from the notion of you know nasty man killing innocent people to fucked, um, up, fucked up man who can't who, who doesn't know what, what the, real the life first, is. Yeah. No. The first. The first initial, before any of that, the first thing was uh, Raymond first said about somebody who looked like George McFly. Okay. Ra- rather than looking uh, traditionally, you, you know, like uh, a lot cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and so, you know, I, I was the lead actor, so straight away, the ego in me, I guess, was thinking, right, let's make this guy look cool. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, Ray... Chris, Christian Bale has set a template, Annie, with American Psycho. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then once Ray had said about uh, George McFly, then that's when we really started to to go on other avenues. And then, uh, and and it's implied in the film. It's never really spoken about. And again, it's not really spoke about because there's three writers, so every, there's always uh, three people's ideas. And, and yeah. they honestly, we, we don't all match. Like, for me, I, I always saw Oliver, um, I'd say, uh, yeah, like, well, I always played him as, as very much a victim. Mm. And that was straight from the beginning. That I, I decided really earlier that I was going to play, even though he's doing these horrible, horrible things, for me to play him that way, it, it was best that I play him as a victim. And then... Uh, me and Richie, we sat and watched uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, documentaries of of different serial killers, but then also the the effects of abuse and that mm. with uh, people. So then I started to watch that, and then then we started to talk about whether he he uh, he had slight like if he was slightly autistic or, or something else going on, and so all this started to really go in, but. Again, we don't really speak about it so much, but that was a lot of the backstory. No, but it's but it's on screen. There's no there's no doubt about it. It's yeah we, that 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 emo that that kind of contextual input into mm. what we were able to see. 
He's definitely yeah. there because you're right. If you watch, if anyone gets, when people get to see it, they'll, mm. they'll see that, that Oliver clearly is a victim of sorts um, mm. in the first instance, but also he's a killer. So therefore, he's a criminal and a psychopath. So yeah, completely, completely. And and then there's a lot like um, we always like the three of us always said that we didn't really want to put everything in the film as in to spell it out. There's a lot of different different ways you and if you look at all the reviews different people have complete different views and different thing thinking of what's going on but uh we put a lot of clues in there that, that's the main thing it is riddled with clues and then it's it's up to you if you come up with what we're thinking or or not <laughs> i guess so yeah because also i mean i guess i guess what's uncomfortable for the viewer is that because you're 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 almost saying a serial killer is a tragic tale as opposed mm. to it's tragic that he kills Mm. Um, that's a weird point of view, isn't it, for an audience to have to live with for, for, a, well, for, a, for a film? It is, but then you've also, like, a big question throughout the film is, um, and this is a whole when Sarah comes in and out, mm. is is this enough? Would Oliver kill anyway? Uh, like, you take away the mama, you take away Sarah, everything, would Oliver be killing anyway? And and that's something which is is a question throughout the film, mm. which it's an underlying question, um, and yeah. So, well, with all, with all that research in mind, and mm. um, your ego having to sort of step back a second because you're not playing the alpha male, sort yeah. Of, sort of, I know what I'm doing as I kill character. You were doing this. Yeah. I'm confused. I'm vulnerable, but yet I can also flip, um, mm. which is the kind of fucked upness of it. Um, how how do you approach that as as an actor, and equally, how did your director sort of steer you to get the performance um, you got? It was it was. Fucking, I'm, are we allowed to swear? You can, yes. Yeah, I just heard, I thought I just heard you swear, so I was trying to hold back. <laughs> I've got, I'm one of the worst people for swearing, but uh, oh, it was fucking awful. Uh, yeah, this was a real dark film. This wasn't like any other film. Um, that I've ever been a part of. Hmm. It, it wasn't fun. It wasn't... Uh, it, it really did get dark. It really, really... And, uh, yeah, it was hard. It, it was hard. It was uh, constantly bringing, bringing the mood. You, had, you know, you, to stay in that type of character, you have to feel that. And it, it was fucking horrible. Hmm. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a fun set whatsoever. It was funny because I, I did a, another interview recently and, and they... They was asking me what was like the funnest part of the film, and I was like, mm, "Shit, what? Should I, I don't know." Because <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a fun film. It, it really wasn't. It was it was dark. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, it, and it fucked me up way after the film. I, I wasn't myself for for quite a while after this film. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. And where was that coming from? Was that sort of from 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 everywhere? It was like. We can't. We, we we need to sort of sort of contain this mood and this atmosphere to keep the tone we want. Or was um, that or was that something you naturally just felt felt a line you fell into? Uh, I think all round. Yeah. I think like uh, on set it wasn't a fun atmosphere. Nobody. We wasn't. We weren't all getting on as well as other films for sure. I think and I, I believe that has a lot to do with with the the film content. Mm. Um, it, it was draining. It was a dark film that, like, um, very small. It, and then it was also it was fucking tiring because we we didn't have a lot of money. 
Um, so we were shooting these incredibly long days, but there wasn't the, we didn't have the crew to do the other stuff. I mean, like before we started uh, on some days, I'd iron all the, all the girls dresses um, after we shot with all the blood, which is messy. We had to clean that up. The cameras had to be rented and took all that. We would take turns. So nobody was really sleeping. Hmm. Um, the house, what we used was Richie's house, uh, the director's house at the time. Mm. Um, oh, it had a really dark atmosphere anyway. Yeah, it was it was a weird, and it all helped. It all brought, funny enough, that's all the stuff which actually helped on camera. Mm. Um, the lack of sleep, the the not getting on so well. Um, yeah, uh, and well, then you okay. know you have to, then you have to delve into. When you're acting, fuck, like, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to look for the worst stuff, what hurts you inside. Mm. So so once you're doing this every day, I, I think it takes its toll. Um, and on this one, it did. And then, obviously, I dyed my hair. Uh, ginger grew it right out. I'd put on a bit of weight. Um, throughout the film, I, I, I'm, I'm walking with an arch in my back and uh, underbite. So I'm, like, I'm always got my jaw out and, oh. Yeah, it was, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> so, I mean, decisions like that, obviously, they're not on the page, are they? Or are they? No, no. Uh, no, we... we uh, the appearance and look and that, I'd say the three of us worked on that more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we were shooting, we worked on some stuff, and then other stuff, we, you know, I just went for it. And mm. some bits were scripted, some bits weren't. Like, the whole... When I freaked out... Um, with the Italian girl, Cecilia. Mm. A lot of that wasn't scripted. We just knew that was a freak-out moment. And, uh, yeah, so... Now, for, then, uh, for, for, uh, for usually when I'm talking about British films, I'm talking about things mm. that have been um, been shot on, on these very shores. But yeah. you're, you're quite far away from... <laughs> uh, this film was shot and made quite far away from me. Do you want to talk about the location where you, where you made the film? And the yeah, we shot that in... Uh, we shot that in Thailand, mm-hmm. um, purely because that's where uh, the three of us was based at the time, and yeah. you get a lot more for your money. Okay, that, that's a fact. Uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, like we, we shot in a, in a theme park. That was that was amazing. We wouldn't be able to get that anywhere else in the world, I guess, for mm. for the money we did. Um, and it, it added a, a lot of color. It, like we we. We wanted this big contrast of of uh, going from dark to light mm. every time. Like when uh, when he's meeting Sarah, we we really did want that to be almost as if he's stepping into this other world, and this is his time, and uh, this is a happier period. And then you go right back into the dark and uh, and the uh, the horrible. Yeah, no, that's really it's really effect, it's really effective that the idea mm. that the sort of claustrophobia of where he lives. And the, the then the absolute intimacy of his evil mother through the Skype is yeah. is, is really sort of threatening and, and intimidating. You can see how it it, it it molds how he behaves. But then when he walks outside because he's free to do what he wants, there is a sense, mm. there is like a kind of nagging sense of hope that you you you, you kind of watch yeah, it going. Sure. Just be normal, mate. You're fine. Look, you're doing well. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's exactly it. And then, and then it, it's. Uh... Yeah, and then it, it's all, and then it, it's funny, like because some of the scenes in there, 
you know yourself, there's some really horrific scenes in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was also the reason why we needed those scenes in there, just to to really show why he can't be normal. Mm. Because, uh, you know, it, like, you have to try and imagine that this has been going on since he was a kid, like, with his mum, to some degree, the abuse, whatever. So, yeah. and, uh, yeah. 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 I can't remember the name of the film, but, but the, the, the relationship between the, the, the mother and son reminds me of, um, I think it's an Australian film, where a guy... Uh, Bad Boy Bubba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's told by yeah, his somebody mom. else had said that as well. Yeah, yeah. There's there's very there's a there's a there's a great similarity there, and it's just the the kind of traditional, uh, uh, I guess, traditional in the story sense of the kind mm. of evil evil and domineering matriarch, isn't it? Because exactly because there's no father figure in his life, um, mm. as as far as we know from the film, and, and I guess that's all we need to know. Um, yeah. So she's she's took that abuse. She's took that role of mother and father and really sort of shaped him into this subservient sort of tool of hers isn't he really no exactly i mean when we was writing that that was the other thing like i think three of us had different different thoughts on mama hmm. uh like i for me i always saw her as a like the quintessential uh freddy krueger type of over the top villain do you know like the hmm. the horror film super over over the top <coughs> with everything Mm. Uh, and that, that's more how, on paper, I saw her. Uh, whereas, and what, and what changed in terms of how it was then portrayed for you? Um, for me, it changed. I mean, when you watch the film, she she, she is over the top. It's it's completely madness, and and when she's swearing and the stuff she's saying. But for me, I, I think I just once once we started filming, I started to look at it more as a son and somebody who had been abused and again somebody was just trapped i was trapped into this situation and you know then you start to make up all all, all this backstory all the stuff which has happened when you've tried to escape or not and so all the consequence like like the scene when uh when she's talking about my dress code and and she makes me do something awful yeah uh now in that one for me, when I'm doing that, I'm imagining that this happened a million times before and something, when I've not done that, the consequences have been awful. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. No, no, and that yeah. comes across. It's not It's not like you're thinking, oh, this is this is all happening for the first time because mm. emotionally, all of us not reacting with any sort of sense of surprise or shock. He's, yeah. he's doing it with a kind <laughs> of begrudging mm. reluctance and a heavy heart, but yet... I guess in a when you've when you've distanced yourself from what real life is as much as his relationship with his mother has forced him to do, then she is actually his anchor, isn't she? It's a, in a per, very perverse way. She's his anchor to any normality because for sure, for that's sure, all she, that's all she is, isn't she? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, and and it's funny because there, there are like it's, it's it's funny because. There's so many other hidden little things gone on in the film that people haven't brought up, which uh, the three of us have decided, right, we're not going to speak about, we'll just let people, if they see them. But there's, uh, yeah. It's, it's also funny because quite a bit of the film was cut out as well because, we, you know, we had to make it more shorter and a bit more interesting. But, yeah. What, yeah. what So what you mean? You, you took out stuff that was more about who she was? 
No, uh, just more dialogue scenes. There's a, some more dialogue scenes. A lot more with me and Sarah, but then there's a lot more with uh, me and Mama on Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's an inter- I think it's an interesting aspect about horror that mm. that um, I did a script to screen analysis for Electric Sheep magazine of uh, nice. Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that's my favourite horror. My well, favourite horror. If you look at that, if you ever get hold of the screenplay, the mm. screenplay is like a hundred and three pages yeah which you know i mean it's not it's not a dogmatic rule but the general rule of thumb obviously is like a, yeah. a page a minute isn't it now the, yeah. fi- the film's 83 minutes long it's as mm. it's as cut to the bone as it can be it's as lean lean a f- horror film as you'll ever see and when you see what they took out mm. when you and because because everything else is more or less the same yeah it's just lots of talking it's it's interesting but it doesn't tell mm. you it doesn't actually tell you anything more than you already understand. So, for example, you know, in the bit where um, she gets an astrology book out and starts reading somebody's star yeah. sign. Well, yeah. she, does, she does that about four or five times in the script. Oh, does she? Yeah, See, yeah. I didn't know. I, I'm such a huge fan of the original, like, the Toe Popper, Texas mm. Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I love that film. Well, I'll, I'll so send, scary. I, sh- I shall send you a link to uh, my, would, my, yeah, my, analysis, my, my attempt to analyse it. And obviously, I'm only basing it on what, I've, what I know, understand. It's, I'm, I'm not, there is no facts that I can, mm. I, can, I can definitely point to. But yeah, it's fascinating. But all, that was a roundabout way of saying that it, it, I think horror, more than other genres, doesn't really need lots of talking. Because no, definitely, if, you, if you definitely. get the atmosphere right and the, the foreboding sense of something's going awry, then the less people talk, the more I'm just like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, couldn't agree more with that. Now, it's, uh, it's safe to say that it's, it's, it's a... Uh, for, for fans of horror, this, this, uh, what, what, who's watching Oliver is, is, is a tad extreme for some tastes. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. And, and that's not a criticism or a praise. It's, it's, a, it's hopefully an objective opinion. Mm. Uh, but, but in that, I'm guessing there must have been sort of push and pulls as to how far you go or how far you pull back in terms of the extremes of this character you're exploring was what was where, where were the kind of, uh, where were the kind of, we're not going there and what was the, we have to do sort of about, about the film for you. <laughs> um, again, uh, that comes down to three different, sub, three different peoples. Uh, but right from the beginning, hmm. uh, we, we said, right. If, we, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it the way we want to do it and not not how uh, any money involved can stop us. So I think that was a big thing because we said that right near the beginning, that we wasn't going to pull back on anything that we that we wanted to shoot, which yeah. uh, you don't usually get that when making films. Um, and then there was certain stuff which, for instance, a lot of people, the very, the first scene with the raping, that's... It's it's really long. It's and it was it's one of the worst scenes, and um, acting in it by far is the worst scene I've ever done in my life. Right. But if you, if you don't have that, by by us having that in there, that actually allows us to cut down on the if you watch throughout the film the, the other scenes are less. Mm. So so that again that that comes in and it once you've shown it, then then it's already there. So then when you're implying other stuff. Because you've seen that earlier on in the film, you don't need to show it again so mm. much. Um, and it's also just, again, it, with, with uh, a few of the scenes in there, it, it was more, 
if you take it, it was what happens when you take that out of the film. And mm. it becomes a very different film. The the fact is, it's like the, the scene when I masturbate it to my mother. Mm. When you take that scene out, then obviously now you don't get to see the years of abuse that he's had. Mm. But the reason that's in there is that that shows this has been happening forever. And it shows in a way that how he's been humiliated in that scene. So, um, yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. It's kind of it's it's that, that strangely that's a that's a very powerful scene in the context mm. of your film because because we we as um, I bring up those two because those are the ones that people have brought up. No, no, like, sure, no, no, but but also yeah. I can I get your point because having watched it, it mm. you you really confront the audience with the truth of who he is because there is elements of of, of who's watching Oliver which are kind of like darkly funny, you know, like almost like a almost like a sick treat. But then those those elements you talk about remind us this isn't funny. Uh, yeah, it might be odd and peculiar as a person, mm. but actually it's fucked up what's going on. Yeah, well, and that that was also the the other thing without. Uh, Without having that fucked up scenes, you wouldn't be able to have the funny scene. Not funny, but that type of some of the humorous scenes. They mm. don't work. They just don't work without having that because you then you don't have that. Oh fuck! This is fucked up. It becomes a very different film. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, weirdly, it's fucked up, but it's also character driven. You're not just mm. you're not you're not exploiting my senses for the sake of it. I mean, I think I think there are elements of the film that that do. But then yeah. by that by that point we're on a fucking roller coaster with with yeah. Oliver. So in a way that's part of the you've 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 already made that Faustian deal by starting to watch the film. Um, if you think if you think it's going to get any better, then you you really didn't you really misunderstood the first ten minutes. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then and then the other thing is again it, it's free people's work. So mm. it's like if, if if there was a scene that's like no, like if Ray or Richie they're like oh. Do you know if, if something meant a lot? Well, then it's free people's work, so it's got to go in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that that's again, it, it really is like three three different people's stories going on. Now, um, now we get we. I, I think of the audience as being sort of filmmakers and and and, and people involved in film. Yeah. Um, given what you've already said about how difficult some of the things were for you to have to mm. portray on camera, what what mm. what sort of lesson learned could you pass on to to aspiring actors? Who might be, you know, presented with this a similar challenge to pull off on screen? Um, oh Jesus, uh, so hard. You're the first person who's ever asked that. Um, <laughs> Always nice to be yeah, first. Do you know, like, honestly, I'm not really sure. It was uh, the one good thing. The one thing which ha- which uh, the whole first that rape scene mm. which I had with that was that uh, Kelly. Uh, Kelly Woodcock was a close friend, yeah. The, the actress, and and that that helped a big a lot. But it was still, uh, still, uh, it would have been a lot easier not to fully commit to that scene. And and that that was one of the first times I've ever been in a scene when I didn't when it when it was almost would have been easier not to commit to playing that as as uh, as really acting and just run <coughs> through the motions. But then it wouldn't have been the same. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That one fucked me up. It really did. It was it was fucking hard. It, it really. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, never... think, I, think, I think if a lesson learned is is that you might have to tap into emotions that you don't want to, and therefore it may resonate after you've done it. So 
Let it her, did. Let, let it her, really I think, did. I think, I think all I'm saying is, it's like what it sounds yeah. like. What you're saying is, is like just let that run its course. Because if you if you've got to tap into that, then, yeah. then if you if you if you're honest about when you do it, then clearly it'll have an impact on you. Because otherwise, you literally are pretending. Mm. And, and I think that Oliver Oliver is far from a kind of uh, um, a, a traditional kind. Of, like, like we discussed, he's far from a traditional kind of sociopath. He 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 is a psychopath. He can he can operate within normal society. But at a flick yeah. of a switch, he will be nothing like a human being. Yeah, no, completely. And and that that was uh, yeah, that was hard going up and down with the emotions. But uh, yeah, but then also rewarding. It was also places that I'd never been as an actor. Mm. Um, and it some scenes did get uh, too real on the on the aspect that fuck, it's never going to be real. But it, it's. It certainly felt, and then even after the filming, I started to like years ago when I was younger. I used to get panic attacks, and they came mm. back within shooting that film for a while. Really? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, you know, the other thing which uh, a lot of the audience had no if, if they're filmmakers themselves. This, the financial aspects of shooting is hard when you're broke. I was broke filming Oliver, mm. um, and that 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 was a hard thing that. I'd flew over, I was broke, all through shooting I was broke, and then uh, as soon as we finish, you're broke. And, and that, that also affects your mindset, it really does. Whatever people want to say, when, you, when you're worrying about, fuck, how do I live as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and no, then, I think uh, that's, a va- that's a very valid point that people rarely talk about on the podcast. It's that, you know, yeah. if you're, 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 you're trying to progress yourself as an actor and as a filmmaker, and while you've got to give your all to make it the best, you're still a human being off off when the camera's not rolling. And, and you're a... doing something for like, uh, this is like, because I was heavily like part of the team creating this and, and yeah. that, you know, you're working for a paycheck that might come two, two and a half years down the line. Maybe, mm. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and well, look, let's get, can... let's get to that then. Look, let's get to the paycheck time, hopefully. Um, now the film's available for people to watch. So how can people see it? Um, so just last week we are available to anybody who's got Amazon Prime mm-hmm. for free, mm-hmm. if you remember. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, that's in America and England, mm-hmm. and also Hulu in America. Um, and then there's uh, the DVD and Blu-ray is available on Amazon as well. Brilliant. Well, look, we'll put sh- mm. we'll put links in the show notes so people. No, can, I appreciate that. Appreciate can, can, that. Can get that get to that easy enough. And congratulations on the film. It's no, a, I appreciate that. It's a rough ride, but I think I think there's 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 a lot of. Just just before we finish, I should bring up because uh, I didn't mention as, as 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 filmmakers. Mm. Um, now, Richie, Richie and Ray, the the thing which obviously that it, it was Richie's first film, mm-hmm. but. Richie's been a cameraman for about 20 plus years. Okay. And uh, he's, he's been doing massive films like, uh, I think he was Mission Impossible 2, Hangover 2, yeah. Marco Polo, um, a lot of these films. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having, so when you're watching it shot, like uh, for the crew, what we had, he, he really did do a, an amazing job. And then with Raymond Huber, the good thing. Without we wouldn't have been able to film it so low without him because mm. that, that's one thing that he's kind of. Whereas Richie's a master with the camera, Raymond's kind of a master at getting getting shit done cheap, <laughs> as such. Um, and then so, like yeah, because I've done a few films with Ray and yeah, so those two are definitely having them 
doing their magic helped. Well, no, it's. I mean, I think what you're proving there as well is is the is the old adage that you know nobody, no one person makes a film, do they? It's a very oh, much... definitely not, definitely not. And then like Sarah, like Sarah Malakul Lane who plays Sophia, I'd, mm. I'd done another film with her, so that's how how I got her to come on to this one. And, mm. uh, she was great. She she's uh, she's in the Kickboxer. Like she's the lead girl in the Kickboxer remakes, mm. but uh, yeah, in the she was she was brilliant. And actually, they were the only fun times on set because uh, we shot like she came and shot for a week while we were shooting all the rest of it. Yeah. So she came and we shot all hers in one go, uh, and that was like uh, we'd shot for a few weeks, a complete dark shit, fucking horrible, and then <laughs> all the light stuff comes, and all of a sudden we're in a theme park. Which, uh, which was nice, although walking around the theme park looking like I did it, yeah, that wasn't fun, but it was good. Well, look, uh, it's uh, it's it's definitely a film for people to uh, to check out the sort of the ideas of, of light and dark in terms of what it means to be uh, knocking about in the society, but also challenge people's preconceptions as to who's a victim in life. I think you, thank you, man. You know, you know thank there's, you. A, there's a lot of that too. So. Um, only gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time. On I appreciate the- that, brother. I really do. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Or if you want to help me out directly, there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. And the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.